Lake Lanier is one of the largest man-made lakes in the United States. Located in northern Georgia, this lake was created in the 1950s and covers a whopping 38,000 acres or 153 squared kilometers. On April 18, 2021, 24-year-old pro basketball player Dorian Pinson stepped onto the deck of a rented pontoon boat to enjoy some much-needed time off with his friends. Enjoying their time on the boat, Dorian and two of his friends jumped into the cool water. But what they didn't account for when they entered the water was how fast an empty boat moves on the water's surface. Although it's not specified how it occurred, the three friends quickly became separated from the boat. Two of them were later rescued by a passing boat, but according to the friends, Dorian had gone underwater and never resurfaced. Over six weeks, Georgia DNR have been searching the lake down in Georgia. Lake Lanier is what we're talking about. Dorian Pinson vanished in April. He uh, was out swimming with some friends, never resurfaced. You know, he's known around Greenville for playing basketball. He's traveled the world doing so. And now his mom heartbroken, his family and friends heartbroken as well as the search continues for Dorian down there in Georgia. And his mom is now asking for help to keep these divers searching for her son so she can bring him home. Fox Carolina's Amber Worthy is in Greenville tonight. Amber, you spoke with Dorian's mom, Alicia, and I know it's a heartbreaking story definitely is the divers that she hired in addition to Georgia DNR hit the water yesterday and as of earlier today neither teams have found Dorian so they are raising money to pay those extra divers to keep searching until they bring Dorian home even though I know Dorian is gone his soul is with God I still can't say that Alicia Pinson can't speak the unimaginable about her son, Dorian. Officials in Georgia still classify Dorian Pinson as missing, as the recovery mission for his body in Lake Lanier continues. His family has been at the lake for weeks because being home is harder than being where they know Dorian is right now. I know in my heart where he is, but it's like it's hard to come out my mouth because I, I don't have his body, his physical body. That money is going for my son to come back home. It would be three long months before Dorian's body was finally found and recovered from the lake. Dorian was the third person to drown in Lake Lanier in 2021 alone. Since the lake's creation in the 1940s, over 500 people have drowned or gone missing at Lake Lanier. Some say the lake is haunted or, because of its dark past, cursed. What makes Lake Lanier so dangerous? Find out on this week's episode of Narcosis Into the Deep. Hey everyone, I'm your host Alex and welcome back to Narcosis Into the Deep. In the spirit of upcoming Halloween, this week we're talking about Georgia's haunted lake, Lake Lanier. Well, is it haunted? Is it cursed? Or is it just a naturally dangerous location? I'll let you be the judge of that. 
let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. Before fish made their homes here, people lived, worked, and raised their families beneath the choppy waters. The land in Forsyth County, which is now partly underwater on the western side of the lake, was once part of the Cherokee Nation. In the 1830s, the U.S. government exposed most of its members from what would be one of the southeastern most origins of the Trail of Tears. But that's not the only bad history that this location has. In the 1940s, Mayor William B. Hartsfield, the partial namesake of Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport, sought to propel Atlanta into a new age by expanding the city and minimizing urban areas that neighbored it. As Atlanta grew, so did its need for power, water, and to diminish the floods that plagued the city. In April of 1947, the Industrial Bureau met with the Chamber of Commerce and decided to greenlight the Buford Dam's construction. The dam would provide resources to Atlanta and strengthen commerce, but one problem remained. In order to construct the dam, farmers neighboring the city had to give up their lands. One of the more well-known towns absorbed by the lake is Oscarville, Georgia. The portion of Oscarville that lays underwater today contains dark history. In 1912, roughly 10% of the population was African American, and due to racial conflicts, when a young white woman was brutally assaulted and murdered, four black men were accused without evidence. Just 21 days after the all-white jury sentenced them, teenagers Ernest Knox and Oscar Daniel were lynched. What followed Ernest and Daniel's hanging is known as the 1912 racial conflict. I won't go into all the details here, but just know that the terrors that occurred led to over 98% of the black community leaving Forsyth County due to racial expulsion. This, along with the horrific crimes against the Cherokee Nation, and so many other terrible incidents that occurred in the area's history, is why some people claim that the lake is haunted or cursed. And just as a side note, if you'd like to learn more about Oscarville, Georgia, I recommend Patrick Phillips' 2016 book titled Blood at the Root, A Racial Cleansing in America. As the government sought to claim these areas, they offered locals money for their farmland, but most of it had been in the families for generations, making it impossible to put a price tag on it. At first, the government assured landowners that they would be paid for the true value of their land and buildings, but residents found it hard to price generations of memories, hard work, and deep roots. A host of emotions accompanied the talk of relocation, Anger, resentment, fear, anxiety, bewilderment, and apprehension. But eventually, some 700 families sold a total of 56,000 acres to the government, which built a dam on the Chattahoochee River to form the lake. In 1956, as their land filled with water, locals jammed the roads and bridges to watch as history vanished before their eyes. Whatever they had abandoned was covered by the rising waters. Locals knew about the areas that were once towns, but overall, the area's history slowly began to fade from memories and conversations. That is, until 2007. 
The year 2007 is in the record books as the driest or second driest year on record for much of the southeastern U.S. The drought-parched Lake Lanier was down nearly 20 feet or 6 meters, the lowest recorded level ever since the lake was built. As the water slowly retracted from the shoreline, the lake's history began to show itself once more. After being hidden for decades, the places people left behind, and everything from boat batteries to entire sunken boats, were in sight again as the shore continued to recede. The volume of debris that turned up alongside old landmarks distressed many of the lake's more recent settlers. Concrete slabs marked where farmhouses once stood. Horseshoe fragments suggested a stable had once stood nearby. Large trees were once again embracing the sun and the wind. But the newer residents wondered, what happened to this place? What was once here? In the 1950s, to prepare the land to be filled with water, the Army Corps of Engineers demolished or moved anything they considered to be dangerous. They uprooted trees and hauled them away. Barns and other wooden structures that could float and endanger watercraft were moved. Major infrastructure, such as bridges and water intakes, were relocated. But the community had a cemetery, and while the Corps identified and moved marked graves, it's likely that a lot of unmarked ones were left behind, yet another factor contributing to the haunted or cursed theory. The concrete block foundations of some small buildings were submerged, as well as an old auto racing track near Gainesville, Georgia that was also left behind. It remains at the lake bottom, although the Corps removed its bleachers so that it wouldn't float to the surface and cause a hazard for boats. But in 2007, the track emerged from the water and made itself known again. Although the Corps removed the items and materials that were considered dangerous, most of the buildings and structures were left behind and are still intact below the water surface. Over the years, divers have reported creepy sightings beneath the murky waters. YouTube is filled with divers showing videos of sunken houseboats and piles of debris. In total, over 500 people have lost their lives here since the creation of the lake. Over 200 of those have been between 1994 and now. In 2017, diver Buck Buchanan told local media that he sometimes felt body parts in the lake during his many excursions. Quote, You reach out into the dark and you feel an arm or a leg and it doesn't move. End quote. But that has not affected the lake's popularity, which averages about 11 to 12 million visitors per year. But a high visitation rate means more fatalities and more urban legends that can develop over time. One such example of urban legends involves Susie Roberts. In April 1958, Susie Roberts lost control of her car and crashed off the right abutment of Lanier Bridge on Dawsonville Highway. Her car came to rest in 90 feet or 27 meters of water on a steep slope at the base of the bridge caught in a deadfall of sheared off tree trunks that compromised the Lake Lanier bottom. One year after the accident in 1959, divers discovered the body of Delia May Parker Young believed to be a passenger in Susie Roberts' car, 
but they could never locate the car or Susie's remains. With visibility being almost zero at that depth, Susie remained undiscovered until November of 1990, over 32 years later, when construction on the new Lanier Bridge expansion was underway. Construction crew found Susie's car while dredging out the lake bottom to set the foundation pillars for a new bridge. This is one of Lake Lanier's most popular urban legends. Some say they've even seen a ghost who wanders the bridge at night in a blue dress looking lost and restless. They believe this quote-unquote lady of the lake is Susie Roberts. Division Chief Jason Shivers with the Forsyth County Fire Department describes the lake as picturesque and that when it's a beautiful day and looks very serene, it's a quote, boater and recreator's paradise. But when you get below, that's not at all what you find, end quote. On average, there's eight to 12 drownings per year. And over the recent years, 27 people have never been found or recovered from the lake. The Forsyth and Hall County dive teams know the lake as well as anyone. The Forsyth or Hall County dive teams respond to every rescue and recovery call. Generally within the first hour, we're in what we call rescue mode. We're hoping that we can, can rescue someone. No, I don't want to lose a diver. Divers deal with frigid temperatures near zero visibility and all of those underwater hazards. The bridges are like the trash bin for anyone traveling down the roads. They blew the old bridges in place, so you have concrete, rebar. The divers work in teams, one person in the water and the other on the shore. They're tethered together by a rope and communicate by tugs on the rope. Divers say they never know what they're going to find. According to Sergeant Chris Temple with the Hall County Sheriff's Dive Team, who's been diving in the lake since the early 2000s, quote, diving in Lake Lanier is probably one of the most dangerous things I've ever done in my career, end quote. The lake's picturesque bridges are some of the most dangerous underwater environments for swimmers, boaters, and divers. Sergeant Temple says, quote, the bridges are like the trash bin for anyone traveling down the road. You have concrete, rebar, all of the fishing line that gets tangled in that, all the anchor lines, all the refrigerators, safes, shopping carts, end quote. But for divers, visibility is the main and constant challenge in Lake Lanier. Quote, as you go down into the water within a few feet of the shore, the murkiness starts to set in. Within 20 feet from the shore, on even a gentle slope, it becomes very difficult to see. Much more beyond that, you can't see at all. It is virtually impossible to see." End quote. Sergeant Temple has his own harrowing story of searching the bottom of the lake. While out on a recovery mission, he took a step forward and started to drop. He reached out and felt his arm meet brick walls. In pitch darkness, Sergeant Temple knew that he had to stop himself from falling. He slowly inched his way back up and later realized that he must have fallen down the well of an old house. How creepy is that? But not only do these divers have to deal with zero visibility, depth is also a major concern. At its deepest part, Lake Lanier reaches 160 feet or 49 meters. That means that if these divers need to perform a rapid ascent, 
they can risk decompression sickness. Sergeant Temple also notes that, quote, We've had divers get some difficult-to-treat staph infections. There's a certain strain of staph that's associated with the silt in Lake Lanier, end quote. But even with these associated risks, that doesn't stop the recovery divers from entering the waters. When asked why they do it, their response is simply because they care. Division Chief Jason Shivers states, quote, Because they care. Why are we firefighters? Because we care. We want to perform a service to humanity that means something to us, end quote. Sergeant Chris Temple adds to this, it's bad enough that you got a loss of life, but you see, you see their grieving family. And that's really why we do this. I couldn't imagine as a father, as a brother, you know, as a son to see one of my loved ones disappear and, and have to go by this lake every day and just wonder. That, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Despite the dangers of swimming or diving in this location, people still do it. In fact, there's a few parts of the lake that are used for dive training, which is wild considering how terrible the visibility is. But the most recent diving death was on May 1st of this year. Lieutenant Robert Fernandez checked into the Kraken Springs but never checked out. At the end of the day when he never checked out, Kraken Springs notified authorities and a search and rescue went underway. Kraken Springs is located near White, Georgia, which is one of the very popular areas for recreational dives and training. Bartow County Fire Chief Dwayne Jameson said that his dive team was called out to assist in the search for Robert, but did not state a reason as to why Robert was diving alone. Information on the park's website suggests that it's allowed, but only for divers certified for solo or self-reliant dives who show they have proper equipment and sign a liability form. Honestly, it's strange to hear about Robert Fernandez's death because he was an Atlanta firefighter who was even a member of the Swift Water Rescue Team. But again, no explanation was given to what could have been his cause of death, so we're only left to speculate. Did he get caught on something underwater and run out of air? Did he hit his head on something he couldn't see while diving? As we all know very well on this podcast, a lot of things can go wrong when you're underwater. That doesn't necessarily mean that the lake is cursed or haunted. But some people claim that they've almost drowned while swimming in Lake Lanier. They describe their experience as if they were being pulled underwater or held there without having any control. There have even been rumors that ghosts linger at nighttime on the lake, whether it be the Lady of the Lake moaning or a ghostly raft that has been appearing and disappearing at night for decades. As I mentioned earlier in the show, statistically speaking, since so many people visit the lake each year, more accidents are bound to happen than in other, less visited locations. But still, 8 to 12 drownings per year seems like a pretty high number to me. What do you think? Is this place haunted or cursed? Or maybe just naturally dangerous? I'll leave that decision up to you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Narcosis Into the Deep. I'm your host, Alex, and if you have any questions, please feel free to ask them on the podcast's Instagram page, at NarcosisPod, or on our Discord server. Both are linked in the episode's description. 
Please don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, there's always Patreon or sharing with a friend. Becoming a patron comes with many benefits, such as voting on what to hear next, exclusive updates, discounts on merchandise, and more. Thank you to my newest patron, AJR. Thank you so much for helping support the podcast. You really have no idea how much it means to me. Thanks again, and I'll see you guys next week.